So for this week, I'd like to focus on metta, loving-kindness, but in a particular way. On Friday, I heard my friend Paul Heller, who spoke here a few weeks ago for the 7 a.m. for a week. He gave a wonderful talk uh, where he divided up the discourse on loving-kindness into four parts. It was very nice to hear him, and I was inspired by this four-part division. And um, so I thought I would do that for this week, is to um, take a look at the, uh, the, the, the kind of the funda- fun- foundational teachings attributed to the Buddha on loving-kindness. Uh, that's a particular uh, poem that, um, that then it can be divided into four parts. That's kind of the poem uh, on loving kindness, and um, and if you want to uh, read uh, my translation, which is what I'll use, um, you'll find it in the What's New uh, in the homepage of IMC's website under Reflections from Gill. You also find it um, uh, the part we're going to talk about today in the, um, uh, in a little description of uh, the on YouTube a description on the. On the of what's happening here in the underneath the photograph underneath the video, if you do show more, uh, I put the section that we're going to talk about. Uh, but please don't uh, read it now and get distracted. We'll go through it. And uh, Paul's talk is not uh, recorded, so for for public uh, use. So. Um, um, So, we find in the ancient teachings of the Buddha that loving-kindness gets emphasized a lot. Of the four Brahma-viharas, the four kinds of love that uh, were championed in the ancient world, uh, loving-kindness gets the most most attention, and um, it encompasses quite, quite a bit, uh, but encompasses uh, the desire to be friendly, and all the good qualities of, uh, that comes flows out of friendliness, helping people when they're in trouble, our friends in trouble, uh, supporting people when things are going well, uh, caring for them, uh, being kind. But the fundamental way of seeing it is a goodwill, what comes out of our goodwill. And uh, the goodwill is a nice translation because the opposite of um, Loving kindness is sometimes seen to be ill will and um, a certain kind of hostility towards others. And um, so, in this uh, discourse on loving kindness, it's divided into uh, four parts, or can be divided into four parts. And the first part is not really about loving kindness itself, but can be seen as the the uh, the the support for it, the way of being in the world. Uh, and being with ourselves, that uh, makes room for, makes uh, the ability to have goodwill grow in us and develop. And some people will refer to this section as being ethical, uh, kind of, uh, uh, kind of, uh, um, kind of an uh, ethical teaching. But so many of what's talked about is not ethical in the sense of how we relate to other people, but how we are in ourselves. And um, so maybe the word integrity has, has, integrity and ethics sometimes are 
considered near synonyms of each other. And so um, maybe this is uh, qualities of integrity that this involves. I like to think of it as uh, different things that makes room for the heart qualities to come. And um, if we want to have more metta, more kindness in our life, more friendliness, then um, it's not just a matter of of uh, kind of just drumming it up, as if we can just call on it, evoke it automatically, but rather create the conditions for where it's more likely to flow out of us, more likely to be here for us. So it's a little bit of indirect way of cultivating loving kindness, um, not to do it directly, but to prepare the ground for it. And many things that are important to do in life, uh, we prepare for it. We adjust ourselves accordingly, and so we're ready for the situation that we're going to do. And um, so uh, I'm going to put uh, in the in the chat um, the the section of it, uh, and uh, it's not quite formatted very well this way. But uh, so there's, I told you different places you can do it. You do it, or you can just listen to me as I I go read it. So I'll read it first, and then we'll, I'll discuss it. So the discourse on loving kindness. To reach the state of peace, those skilled in the good should be capable and upright, straightforward and easy to speak to, gentle and not proud, contented and easily supported, living lightly with few duties, wise and with senses calmed, not arrogant and without greed for supporters, and they should not do the least thing that the wise would criticize. So here, the explicit uh, discussion here is not about loving kindness, but to reach the state of peace. And a uh, more, more kind of close reading of the Metta Sutta, it uh, it's, can be understood as being um, f- uh, utilizing or being supported by loving kindness uh, on the path to liberation and freedom. So rather than loving kindness being an adjunct or something uh, you know, different from the path to freedom, liberation, it's actually very much on it. And the cultivation of this form of love supports the movement towards liberation. And those skilled in the good. And um, there's a lot of lot of words in the suttas that are related to this word good. My favorite is the word beautiful, kalyana. Um, skilled in what's beautiful. Uh, skilled in what uh, is beneficial. Skilled in what is wholesome, uh, which is a topic for the last week. Uh, so there's a skill, again, this is the word skill is related to the word wholesome, uh, you know, kusala. There is skilled in the good. And, and what follows is some of the skills that we can develop. And I like it, think of it as skills, um, because it doesn't, we don't have to listen to this and think where it should automatically be this way. There's an ideal and therefore you should be this way. But rather, uh, these are things to cultivate, to develop. These are things to work towards. These are valuable states that shouldn't be overlooked. And and if we want to live a purposeful life, uh, this uh, de- cultivating these are phenomenally supportive. So being capable and upright. So I think the word capable here means uh, able to apply oneself. 
That's at least how I understand it. Um, not so much that we're capable in doing a lot of different things, uh, but rather we're capable of engaging in the practice and cultivating skills, cultivating ourselves in ways. And upright. I think this is a, in the ancient world, this idea of being upright, like sometimes it is in, in English, has a meaning of being uh, having certain kind of integrity. And uh, an integrity that allows a person to stand upright uh, without feeling uh, diminished or feeling uh, belittled, belittling themselves or feeling shy or feeling somehow less than or something because of who they are. But the kind of integrity it allows in a very simple way uh, to be upright, hold oneself straight and a certain confidence. Straightforward uh, means to be direct in how we speak, not go roundabout, just say things as they are in a kind of simple, straight way. Um, easy to speak to uh, means that uh, means that uh, if someone needs to give us feedback about something that's difficult, uh, we're easy to receive that. Uh, we're not uh, automatically defensive, we don't go into the attack mode, but if someone has to say something to us, we're there to listen and be there uh, without automatically defending ourselves. Not automatically agreeing or being pushed over by the other people, but uh, it's easy for people to come to us and say, by the way, I need to talk to you, I want to talk to you about something and that was difficult for me. Gentle and not proud. So upright but not proud. And proud here, uh, sometimes in modern English, the word pride has very positive connotations. So what proud here means is to be puffed up, a certain kind of conceit. And gentle, and um, uh, which was kind of the topic for the meditation we had, a certain kind of gentleness. Uh, and I like the reference point for gentle for me is uh, to understand it better, is to appreciate the opposite of it. That uh, to not be gentle uh, makes the heart and mind kind of crowded. Usually, it, to be harsh, to be mean, to be um, rough with people, there is a kind of engagement and involvement that, that doesn't make room for uh, freedom, for love, for uh, kindness, for the kind of inner cultivation of the heart that the path of freedom involves. So, a gentleness. And contented and easily supported. So these are values that are a little bit more focused on monastics, easily, but it can be for anyone. Uh, monastics are supposed to be very contented with having just a few things, just enough to be comfortable. And uh, through the eyes of modern world, the monastic life can be seen as ascetic. But in the time of the Buddha, it was clearly not to be ascetic. There were people who are much more seriously ascetic than the Buddhists. Rather, the, the Buddhist monastics have just enough to be uh, comfortable, just enough clothes, just enough housing, just enough food, and just enough medicine, but not more than what's needed, contented with what's, what keeps us, the basics, comfortable. And that's kind of a fascinating reference point, um, content with just enough to keep us alive healthily and easily supported for monastic not to be want a lot from other people and you know the supporters and and uh, trying to acquire more and more from the donors that could support them similarly living lightly and with few duties not being so busy uh, because having a lot to do and lots of responsibilities doesn't make space and time that this these heart qualities uh, uh, need in order to flower 
um, wise and with senses calmed. And the senses calmed. So the eyes are calm. We see the world in a calm way. We're not always darting about looking. Uh, the ears are calm. Um, so the, the taste buds are calm. We don't you know, want more and more food, something like that. Not arrogant and without greed for supporters. And they should not do the least thing that the wise would criticize. So for the people who, in your life who you really respect and, and value for being, being wise people, um, to not do something that they would be critical of. Um, mostly it means don't be unethical, uh, don't be mean, um, uh, don't, be, don't have ill will. But uh, to use the reference points of those who are wise uh, to how to care for yourself and also how to relate to yourself. Don't do the least things that the wise would kind of, that's not quite right. Um, and uh, so it's a tall order, but um, it's kind of a call to be careful also with how you are when you're alone, in the privacy of your own life. Um, uh, are you also there uh, living in a way that the, those who you respect would not be critical of? And so your life is tra- transparent or harmonious, whether you're alone or not. Uh, ready to bring these qualities, all these qualities, uh, to your life when you're living alone and quietly in your privacy of your, of your own situation or when you're in the world public with others. That you would be capable and upright, straightforward and easy to speak to, gentle and not proud, contented and easily supported, living lightly and with few duties, wise and with senses calmed, not arrogant and without greed for supporters, and not the least, not doing the least thing that the wise would criticize. So, this sets the stage then for um, an attitude, a orientation towards others uh, that can be said to be that of kindness or friendliness, goodwill, metta, and that'll be the topic for the next section of the Metta Sutta tomorrow. So, thank you. And um, if you're at all inclined, um, you might want to memorize today this section. Some people find tremendous benefit from memorizing the Metta Sutta. And uh, it's, this, this version is not the one we usually use here at IMC. We use the monastic one that comes out of the monastery Abhayagiri or, or Amaravati in England um, because that's a nice kind of chanting kind of quality. But uh, either one. And... Uh, and uh, So thank you.